This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio with guest host Jane Brown. Libby is off again today. She is under the weather. We are wishing her the best here at Zoomer Radio and from the Fight Back team. Now, the $14 an hour minimum wage continues to be a hot topic, and so we're going to continue the conversation today. Yesterday, I spoke with the president of the Toronto and York Region Labor Council about the Tim Hortons Day of Action demonstrations designed to protest the rollbacks of perks and wages for Tim Horton's employees. And during that conversation with John Cartwright, we promised to get you the number for the Bad Boss Hotline, taking calls from employees who are having issues around the new minimum wage. There are actually two hotlines. The first number I'm going to give you is for Tim Horton's workers to call to report a bad boss. That number, 905 845-6511. 905-845-6511. And the number for all other employees who are workers with minimum wage issues, there's a number for you to call as well. 1-855-531-0778. Today we're going to talk about the minimum wage issue from the perspective of small business owners. And to begin that conversation, Rocco Rossi, President and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce, joins us. Rocco, nice to talk to you in this capacity. Great pleasure, Jane, and my best to Libby as well. Thank you. These are difficult days for small business owners. What are you hearing? Well, first of all is is this um, demonization and um, effectively um, misperception that's being fed out there. The vast majority of businesses, and we at the Ontario Chamber of Commerce represent over 60,000 enterprises across um, this province, the vast majority are not uh, billionaires with private jets on their way to offshore bank accounts in Panama. Uh, they're people in your community. They're people who uh, often mortgage their homes, work late hours, bring their families in to uh, uh, fulfill rush orders, um, and are trying to build independence for themselves and their families. Uh, and we've been speaking loud and clear for months uh, in the lead-up to this final decision on the minimum wage and saying, look, everyone wants uh, all of society to do well, uh, but let's do it in a measured, thoughtful way. Every single study that's been produced, and the government chose not to actually model anything, um, every single study, whether it was the Bank of Canada the Conference Board of Canada, TD Bank, and even the Financial Accountability Office at Queen's Park itself. Everyone has said this is going to lead to 
job losses and or other consequences because in our day-to-day lives, we understand if the cost of something goes up, you end up buying less of it, finding substitutes for it. And so while the consequences that we're seeing, beginning to see, are unintended, they're not unexpected. What's interesting is that unlike uh, some Tim Hortons franchisees, it seems to me most small business owners are passing along the costs to customers as opposed to cutting back benefits or perks to their employees. It seems as though they are being much more loyal to their employees than some of these Tim Hortons franchisees. Well, first of all, and and. I, I don't have all of the data for every single business, and so it's hard to be um, an armchair quarterback on it, but no one was singing the praises of Tim Hortons when they were offering benefits way beyond what they are legally required uh, to provide. Uh, even the paid breaks and so on are things that um, this government has chosen not to legislate. Uh, those were offered over and above as a way... Uh, as part of the overall compensation of of their workers. And for many franchisees, as opposed to direct owners, the difficult circumstance they find themselves in is that their uh, corporate uh, parent sets the prices, and so they're not in a position to change price uh, unilaterally to reflect what they do. And so that's set at another level, so they find themselves... Uh, constrained. But if you go over the whole of it, and yes, businesses are doing their best, but they're being asked to uh, react in a circumstance where you have an unprecedented increase in what for many small businesses is the single largest cost uh, in their business. Uh, And it's not possible to suddenly increase your prices by 30% to cover it. Rocco, if I know, I know done, our. If this was done uh, in a thoughtful, planful way, uh, over the entire four, uh, four years, past four years, there may have been better opportunities. There would have been fewer unintended consequences. Our time is limited with you. I just want to ask you uh, about this announcement we're expecting tomorrow morning from Labour Minister Kevin Flynn. He's making the announcement at a small coffee shop. Presumably it will have something to do with small business and the minimum wage. What are you hearing about this? Um, not much. What we'd like to uh, hear again is thoughtful, evidence-based public policy, uh, and not trying to pick fights with people, uh, not demonizing people, not using a broad brush across uh, everyone. We all want a society that prospers together. We want everyone to do well. Um, But you're going to not do it just by wishing it. You're going to do it by following fundamental principles, following evidence-based policy development, and doing it in a planful uh, and gradual basis so that it can be absorbed without creating huge dislocations. Rocco, thanks for your time. We'll speak to you about this again, I'm sure. 
I look forward to it. Thank you. Rocco Rossi, President and CEO of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce. Your calls are welcome on the minimum wage, uh, issues around small business. If you are a small business owner, how are you coping? If you are an employee who's just had your wage hiked to the new minimum wage of $14 an hour, but are finding some negative or positive repercussions from that, we'd like to hear from you. Or if you have an opinion on minimum wage and uh, the businesses that are supporting these workers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. Let's go now to Andrew Violi. He is the president of Mellow Walk Footwear, one of many small businesses affected by the changes to labor legislation. Thanks for coming on Fight Back with us, Andrew. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. You were quoted in the Globe and Mail back in December saying you expected this increase would cost you a quarter of a million dollars a year. Do you still feel this way and why? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, we've, uh, we've uh, analyzed it. It's uh, about $250,000 in uh, additional uh, labor costs. Um, and uh, it meant that we had to pass along a price increase to our customers of approximately $2.50. So what that translates into is that our shoes uh, at the retail store level will be $5 more a pair this year than they were last year. Now, I understand from that same article that you sent out uh, an email or some sort of notice to your loyal customers about why your prices were going up $5 a pair. That's right. Yeah, I mean, part of, part of uh, any price increase is explaining why. And, um, you know, what we chose to do was we chose um, to pass along the, uh, as much as we could of the, of the price of labor going up. Um, the, we also face every year uh, additional price uh, considerations, such as rent going up, hydro going up, um, our material costs increasing. So for those, we couldn't pass all of those costs on to our, our retailers. And what we ended up doing is looking for efficiencies internally to absorb a lot of those additional costs. Now, Andrew, uh, tell us about your employees, how many employees you have, uh, how much they were making prior to the new legislation, what they're making now, how that's affecting your bottom line. Sure. Um, well, we are about 60 people here in Toronto. Um, we're the last shoe manufacturer in, uh, in Canada, or rather in Ontario, and one of the last in Canada. Um, and we make safety shoes. So we have about 50 uh, people on our factory lines making the footwear. And um, you know, they, um, you know, they are, were earning um, anywhere from, from minimum up to about uh, $15, $16 an hour, depending on the skill level. So what that has done is that it's shrunk the differential between uh, more of the, the skilled labor work and, and some of the unskilled operations. Um, it's brought them closer together. Now, have the people who are making the 15 to $17 an hour prior to the increase, have you given them an increase to um, basically compensate them for the difference in the minimum wage? Uh, we have, uh, we have uh, implemented an uh, increase for all of our staff as of uh, January 2nd. Um, and first, they're back at work here, and, uh, but not to the full 22 23% that uh, that the minimum wage 
increase was we, we couldn't afford to do that. No, but certainly that is a nice gesture for your higher paid employees yeah. to receive uh, some extra compensation. You know, we, we, we really do have a fantastic uh, group of people here. And many of our staff have been with us for many years. They're, they're loyal to us. We're a family company. We're loyal to them. And uh, we, wanted, we want as much as possible to do right by the people that we, we work with. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're talking about how the minimum wage increase has affected small business owners. And in conversation with us is Andrew Violi, president of Mellow Walk Footwear. We'll go to the phones now. Carolyn in Halliburton. Hi, you're first up on Zoomer Radio. Uh, yes, hello, Libby. I just uh, wanted to pass a, a comment. I've been listening to all the arguments, and there's definitely points for both sides. Uh, first of all, I don't agree with what Tim's has done to their employees, um, so I support that. But what I don't support is people boycotting the stores because that's only going to compound the problem. I know some people who work for Tim's and they're saying that if people do that, then they're going to lose their jobs because obviously business drops off. Right. Um, and it is Jane for Libby, Carolyn, but I'm glad Sorry. you're a, I'm glad you're a loyal <laughs> listener. That's that's great. Uh, but uh, how do you... Yes. I wanted to just comment on this behalf of the small business owners because I live in an area where the businesses are small. And the whole legislation, I agree with people having to earn a living wage, but the small business owners up here are the ones that are, are bearing the brunt of this um, wage increase being done the way that the government has mandated. And that's not fair either. There needed to be a much better way of implementing this. And uh, it's, it's wrong all the way down the line. There isn't a winner for any side of things. And I know businesses up here that are not going to be hiring uh, summer help the way they have in the past because they can't afford to. They're looking for ways to cut back on their other expenses because wages are the largest part of their expense. And many of them operate very close to the line. They're not like large corporations who have other pockets to draw from. Let me ask you this, Carolyn. Um, How do you feel when you hear business owners uh, like Andrew Violi saying that they've had to increase the price of their product to customers, but they have they are treating their employees, they are not affecting their employees in a negative way. They're giving them the increases. Um, I agree. That's the ideal situation if it's possible. But as I think one of your earlier speakers commented on, the increase in the uh, price of the product or the service may not be possible and still be competitive. So, again, each situation is different. If they can do it by increasing the prices, I think most people understand that. They expect it. It has to come from somewhere. But, again, you're hitting the consumer with the impact of this wage increase. Right. So, I think having phasing it in in a, a more gradual way would have been a better way of handling it both for the employee and the employer. Carolyn, I thank you for your call. Thank you. Andrew, what are you hearing from your customers uh, with regards to the price increase on your products? So it's early days still, so I, I haven't had a lot of feedback yet. Everybody understands the reasons why. Um, and in some cases, you know, we're not the only ones that have to, uh, to pass on price increases to them. Um, but I, I think uh, the point I would like to make is that as the last shoe manufacturer in the province and one of the last in Canada is that we compete with footwear made in China, Vietnam, Cambodia, um, and it, it, it is becoming increasingly more difficult to maintain our domestic manufacturing 
when uh, when you know when you have this offshore um, production at much lower production costs. And what about the other aspects of the legislation which went into effect on January 1st? There's been very little talk about this because of the minimum wage being the biggest part of it, but how is that affecting your operations? Yeah, and and again, it will... um, We have factored those into into any of our uh, decisions around increasing prices. So um, staff that have more than five years seniority um, have an extra week of vacation. Um, There's paid sick days now. Um, so those are those are real um, cost pressures on a, on a, a company like Mellowak. Um, there's no way other way to say it. Okay, I'd like to welcome in the next guest, and Andrew will stay on the line with us, and we'll continue to take your phone calls as well. Julie Kwasinski, Director of Provincial Affairs Ontario with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. Julie, I asked this of Rocco Rossi. I'll ask the same of you. How are you advising small businesses or giving assistance during this challenging time? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on the program, Jane. And uh, I was so pleased to hear Andrew's story. He should be so proud of the business that he's built up. And I would hope that someone from government is listening and realizing that this is the kind of business, amongst others, that we need to keep in this province. So congrats to you, Andrew. Great story. And secondly, Jane, to your question, the Canadian Federation of Independent Business, we don't advise businesses how to operate. That's not our role. Independent businesses, as a matter of fact, they don't really take too kindly if we were to tell them what to do. But what we do is we provide them with the information they need, Jane, to make decisions. That's our role. And our role is also to ensure that the government does not go about making the business climate in Ontario unfriendly for businesses, whether it's minimum wage increases of 32% in only 15 months or any other matters out there, hydro, cap and trade, all these other issues. And the announcement tomorrow from Labour Minister Flynn, what are you hearing about that? It's the first I've heard of it. Ah. So thank you for that intelligence. I would imagine it, if I were a betting person, I would guess that the coffee shop that the minister is visiting is one that's been paying their employees more than $15 an hour. Um, He's had events like this before. Um, What we would like to see is the minister come to a business like Andrew's business or an independent grocer called Kudrinko's in Westport that's having some issues that's $35,000 short, trying to figure out how to make that shortfall because the minimum wage bill is costing him this much money. So that's what we would like to see. Okay, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-744-740. We're back to the phones. Dave in Brampton, what would you like to say about small businesses and minimum wage? Well, I uh, I saw an article in the Star Wednesday, and it was about Alberta, which they raised theirs even more, and uh, everybody was yelling catastrophe, and apparently they're doing fine. Nothing happened. Would you like to speak to that, Julie? I'm sorry. Can can you repeat that? Oh, he's I'm sorry. I, I was having a, a, a listening problem here with, with the audio. Uh, what our caller Dave in Brampton is talking about is the minimum wage in Alberta. Yes. 
and and how they're dealing with that increase. Well, my colleague in Alberta could speak better to that, but I can tell you there's a very distinct difference between Alberta and Ontario, and I'm very glad the caller has raised that. Alberta is reaching the $15 minimum wage in four years. Ontario is doing it in 15 months. Wherein lies the problem? Because you're asking a small business owner to absorb a 32% increase in the minimum wage in a mere 15 months. And perhaps most importantly, if you look at the jump to $14, that was 11.60 to $14 on Jan 1st, 2018, with a little over a month from when the bill was actually passed, and that's over 20%. So if you're a small business, and for example, let's say you're a restaurant, the average profit margin for a restaurant in Ontario is only 3.5%, where are you supposed to find the money for this? So as a small business owner, you are forced to make difficult choices. You don't want to make these choices, but you're backed in a corner because you don't have the financial wiggle room. And guess what else? You're paying higher EI costs. CPP costs are going up. WSIB premiums will go up because they're based on payroll costs. Hydro costs are going to go up again. Cap and trade, we still don't know the financial impact of that. So you're looking, this is a perfect storm, a tsunami for a small business in Ontario. And the saddest part in all of this, Jane, it's only January 11th, and this bill just took effect Jan 1st. Absolutely. Let's what go to Bill. What does the future hold? What does uh, Bill in Toronto have to say about this? Go ahead, Bill. Honestly, I can't believe we've gotten to the point now where we've got snitch lines to report bad employers. Like, what is going on in this province? How about a snitch line to report lousy, terrible governments that that waste our money on a a continual basis? Well, you know what that snitch line is uh, representative of? It's the polling stations uh, come this spring when we have a provincial election. This government is out of control. If people can't see through this, this has nothing to do with making people's lives better. It's purely a political move. It's pandering. That's all it is. They should be thrown out on this alone, if nothing else. Bill, I thank you for your call. One last question, and I'm going to put it to Andrew Violi, mm-hmm. who is the president of Mellowalk Footwear, has been joining us since the top of the hour. Uh, Andrew, how has this affected your personal bottom line? I know a lot of small business owners are taking uh, pay cuts. A lot of small business owners make less than minimum wage. And without getting too personal, just if you could generalize how it's affecting you personally. So, you know, I guess... Um, I guess what we're trying to do is we're trying to absorb um, the cost of this. It, you know, what it, what it does mean is that I won't be taking a pay increase this year. Mm-hmm. I think that's, that's the reality is that um, everyone else in the company is getting um, some form of pay increase. Um, the owners are not. Um, but, you know, I, I don't want anybody to feel uh, sorry for us. We, you know, we're, all, we're doing fine. Um, you know, but, again, I think the, the big issue, again, is that, that we, we compete with offshore manufacturers, and it becomes increasingly difficult to do that when our 
labor costs increase 22% in one year and, and over 30% in, in 18 months. Well, I thank you very much for sharing your story with us today. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Andrew Violi, president of Mellowalk Footwear, and Julie Kaczynski with the Canadian Federation of Independent Business. I thank you both. We are changing topics now. Coming up next on Zoomer Radio's Fight Back, Jane for Libby. It's never too late to quit smoking. And our trusted contributors at the Ontario Pharmacists Association are here to help. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.